Father, I just pray that even as I share your word today, I just pray, Father God, that it would come in power. I pray that you speak to each and every person. I pray, Father God, that wherever they are at today, you would touch them and meet them where they need you right now. And I just pray, Father, that it would, be not, it would not be my words, but your words through my lips. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get into my word, I just want to show you a video. I want us to watch this video. Can we, have the, can we play it again and have the sound up? Yes. Some of the greatest lessons I've learned about life and faith, I've learned from my patients. Miss CJ was a woman who had six previous cancers. And she was sent to my office because she had a large right neck mass. I performed a fine needle aspiration, and when the biopsy returned, I called Miss CJ in. And when I walked into her room, I, I, I sat down and said, Miss CJ, I'm so sorry to tell you uh, that you have cancer again. Um, before I could tell her what we needed to do, she grabbed my hands and said, Do you mind if we pray? And of course, I said, By all means, let's let's pray. And so Miss CJ bowed her head, I bowed mine, and she said these simple words, Lord, do it one more time. Amen. And so I looked up at her and she looked back at me and she said, Doc, six times I've had cancer. Six times I've been cancer free. I know the Lord and the Lord knows me. I don't need to pray a long prayer. I just need to pray the right prayer. And that thing touched me. And so when I look back over my life, and I see how the Lord has brought me over trials and tribulations, and he's allowed me to overcome failure. I have to be like Miss CJ. I don't have to have a long prayer. I can just say, Lord, do it one more time. And so I don't know what you're going through, but I hope that this is your prayer today. Lord, do it one more time. Isn't it amazing? Is it, isn't it such an amazing story? Six times, man, it can drain you out. It can, it can destroy you. The way you think, the way you feel can literally bring you down. But what a powerful thing to say. We just sang about the goodness of God. All my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so good to me. And I will sing of the goodness of God. Lord, today I might be in a difficult situation. I might be in a situation I never really thought that I would be in. I never really, I never really imagined that I would be in the situation, but I've seen your faithfulness in the past. I've experienced your faithfulness in the past. God, you're more than able to do it again. So God, do it one more time. We are in a series called Don't Stop Believing. Look at the person next to you and say, Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing. I don't know the rest of the words of the song. <laughs> you know, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. And my message today is simply titled, Through the Valley. Through the Valley. You know, there's an old Arab proverb that says, all sunshine and no rain makes a desert. Not desert, okay? All sunshine and no rain makes a desert. What it simply means is, if you never have difficulties then you'll get all dried up with no depth or maturity. You know, it takes both the good and bad times to mature a person. Life is a mixture of pleasure and pain, of victory and defeat, of mountaintops and valleys. 
And you know, in the, in, in the Bible, there are so many valleys that are spoken about that are viewed as problems. Joshua talks about the valley of calamity. Psalm 84 talks about the valley of weeping. Hosea talks about the valley of trouble. But today we're going to look at a valley. Follow along with me as I read Psalm 23, verse 4. He though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, in Israel, there's a real valley of the shadow of death. It's steep. It's a very narrow canyon. The sun only hits the flow of the valley when it's directly overhead. The rest of the time, the valley is dark. And probably, David led his sheep through this valley when he was growing up. The question is, how do we handle dark valleys in our life? How do we handle dark valleys in our life? I'm going to give you five facts about dark valleys. The first is, dark valleys are unavoidable. Dark valleys are unavoidable. How many of you enjoy driving down this road on a, on a Sunday? Come on, come on, be honest, be honest. How many of you enjoy, how many of you say to yourself, is there another way that I can get around? How many of you say, what if we came from the other side, we took that roundabout, would the traffic be better? We say this, right? And very often it results in a not so good way of saying it. We grumble. Why is this guy coming in front of me? Why is this guy cutting me? You know? Can't the security see that we are waiting over here for so long? Why isn't he allowing us to go? It's unavoidable. To get to your destination, you have to either go through the way you came from, from north, or if you're coming from south. From, from south or from whatever. You know what I'm saying. To get to church on Sunday, to get to Christ Church, there's no other way to beat the system. It's unavoidable. Dark valleys are unavoidable. They are going to happen in your life. You can count on it. You're probably coming out of one right now. You're probably in the middle of one. Or if not, i got good news for you. You're about to enter into one. Good news. You're about to enter into one right now. No matter what, dark valleys are unavoidable. And Job 5 verse 7 says this, Mankind is born for trouble as surely as sparks fly upwards. If you are human, there will be dark valleys in your life. The second thing is dark valleys are unpredictable. Dark valleys are unpredictable. How many of you get out of your house in the morning and you say, oh, come on, today I have to meet with that accident. Yeah, anybody? Nobody? This is a great church. I love this church. I love this family. Do you walk out of the house and say, today, please give me a tire puncture. Please. Please, I need it. I want to go late to work. Please. No. It happens at the time when you least expect it. Nobody walks out of the house hoping to meet with an accident. You walk out, God protect me today. I'm under the shadow of your wings. 
May my going out and my coming in be blessed. And then suddenly you have everything in control. You're driving well and out of nowhere something happens. Something happens and you think many a times you ought to be blamed for it. Dark valleys are unpredictable. They come at a time when you, they come at a time when you don't have time for them and when you're unprepared for them. You know, but I really like what Jeremiah 4.20 says. Disaster after disaster is reported. For the whole land is destroyed. Suddenly my tent, suddenly, suddenly my tents are destroyed. My tent curtains in a moment. Suddenly, in a, in a moment at an unpredictable time, dark valleys show up. The third thing, dark valleys are impartial. Dark valleys are impartial. No one is immune. No one escapes the problems of life. Everyone has problems. Problems don't care how good or bad you are. One of the first reactions most of us have is to ask the question, why me? When the actual question we act, when the question that we actually need to be asking is why not? Why not? Do you think you and I should be exempt from problems? Problems happen to everyone, including me and you. Problems happen to everyone. The Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 45, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. Imagine if God just said, no, 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 you guys are really bad. I don't like the way you guys are handling the situation, the way you guys are dealing with what you, whatever you are dealing with. I don't, I, don't, I don't like the fact that you are not worshiping me and acknowledging me as your God. So darkness for life for you guys till you get up and wake up and get out of your... And, Till you come, you come to your senses, and for the rest of my people, the light will shine on you for the rest of your life. No, no, no. God is not, God is not impartial. It says over here, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Dark valleys are impartial. So why do we think we should be exempt from problems? But the good news is, dark valleys are temporary. Somebody say an amen. Dark valleys are temporary. They have an end. You know, I always say this in the natural, it's a proven fact. There's no storm that exists that lasts for life. There is no storm in the world that exists that will last for life. If God has taken care of it in the natural, how much more you being a child of God, being an ambassador of the kingdom, will God take care of storms that come in your life? How much more? Dark valleys are temporary. They have an end. They don't last forever. They are not our permanent residence. When you're on a dark valley, sometimes we think we're in a cave that has no way out. Let me tell you, you're not in a cave. Dark valleys are like a tunnel. There is light at the other end. There's light at the other end. Troubles in our life don't come to stay. 
they come to pass. 1 Peter 5.10 says, the suffering won't last forever. It won't be long. Say it won't be long. Come on, if you're going through a situation right now, say it like you mean it. It won't be long. Before this generous God, who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans there, will have you put together and on your feet for good. On your feet for good. Let, let me say this, even if, you, even, if, even if you live 80 or 90 years and have problems all of your life, that is so insignificant compared to the thousands and millions of years you have in heaven. Whatever we are doing, however we prepare ourselves over here on the earth, is not for year, it's not for everlasting life over here, it's all for eternity. No matter, no matter how many problems we, we may have over here on the face of the earth, it is nothing compared to what we're going to experience in eternity. It's like five minutes in the chair of a dentist, getting a root canal can seem like eternity. Yeah? Can seem like eternity, five minutes. But in reality, it is but a short time which produces a great result, which is good healthy teeth same way problems are temporary and only heaven is eternal dark valleys the fifth one dark valleys have a purpose god has a reason in taking each and every one of us through dark valleys whether we have a valley full of doubt discouragement despair or defeat god has a reason behind it we may think that valleys are unnatural. They are, we may think that valleys are unnatural. They're not great. They're not good. But they are not unnatural. They are a natural part of the landscape. All valleys are natural part of the landscape. There are financial valleys, relationship valleys, emotional valleys, health valleys, all kinds of valleys in our lives. But we will get through each one of them in time. We will get through each one of them in time. Let me read First Peter verses six to, uh, chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. It says, May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy, even though lately you've had to put up with the grief of many trials. You've lost your job. You lost that business deal. You lost that promotion. What you felt was due to come to you, you've lost it. But may the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. But these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes. For even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus, the anointed one, is revealed. I want to read another version of this. The Holman Christian Bible. You rejoice in this, though now for a short time you have had to be distressed by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes, though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, this verse tells me two things. Every problem has a purpose. 
The small problems or the big problems all have a purpose. They are there to help shape you. As metal is put into the fire to make it pliable, so we go through problems in life. The fire heats the metal so it can be shaped and, made, and be made useful. Every problem has a purpose. The second thing is faith is built in the valleys of life. Faith is built in the valleys of life. How do you know if you will be faithful unless you are faced with unfaithfulness? How do you know how much endurance you have unless you have to face tough times? How do you know if you can trust God in difficult times unless you go through tough times? God's goal in life is not to make you comfortable. His goal is to build your character because he's preparing you for eternity. Now the question is, what do I do when I go through a dark valley? What do I do? First is refuse to be discouraged. Let's look at Psalm 23 again. It says, either I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I want to observe two very important things about this verse. The first is, when you go, to a pro when you go through a problem, God doesn't say, oh no. When you go through a problem, God doesn't say, oh my goodness, I didn't see that coming. I should have rerouted how I have my plans for everyone. When we go through a problem, God does not panic. When we go through a problem, God does not panic. But neither do his sheep. The picture we get from this verse is that the sheep are not frightened as they pass through the valley. Notice that it says that I walk through the valley. Even though I walk through the valley, it doesn't say I run, it doesn't say I quiver, it doesn't say I shake and tremble in my shoes as I'm going through the valley. It says, even though I walk through the valley, even though I walk, I take my time, I'm confident of the one who is with me, I will not panic. The second thing that I want you to see in this verse is the words, I will. If you're reading it from a physical Bible, which is highly doubtful, circle it. If you're reading it on your phone, I highlight these words, I will. Highlight these words, I, I will. I will is a matter of choice. I will fear no evil. We can actually say, oh my goodness, I didn't expect the situation to hit, to, to, to hit me right now. And I can literally have the situation take over me. And I can come under the circumstances. I can allow myself to fall and be a slave to that situation. Or I can say, my God is far bigger and far greater than this situation. It may be a problem, but I have the source 
who's the solution to every problem. So I will go through this, and my God will bring me out victorious. You know, very often, these two words, if used in the right way in our lives, will, bring out not, will not only bring out a lot of power, but will bring out your victory a lot more sooner than you expect. I will fear no evil. I will overcome this problem. With God's, with God's help, I will get out of this hole I got myself into. One of the biggest adjustments you need to make when you're going through a problem is simply an attitude adjustment. It's simply an attitude adjustment. Refuse to be discouraged. You can't go around the valley. You can't go under the valley. You have to go through the valley. But you confidently say, I will fear no evil. I will not be afraid. I will walk through this valley. You know, but there's even more to it than just willing yourself. There's even more to it than just willing yourself through your problems. You know, it's one thing to say, I will, I will, I will. But you know what's the great part? And you know what? You know what's the confidence we have in saying, I will? It's not being foolish. It's acknowledging this. For you are with me. It's acknowledging this. We don't say, I will, out of our own physical strength. We say, I will, because we know who is with us in the problem. We know who is with us, walking with us side by side through the problem. And we know who is with us side by side, more than able to get us out of the problem. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God is with you every step of the way. God promises his presence. Refuse to be discouraged. Rely on God's presence. You know, I love my worship team, okay? I love my worship team. I have nothing against our worship team. We don't do this. But very often we sing songs, you know, songs saying, God, I'm coming into your presence. Who asked you to get out in the first place? Who asked you to get out? It's like the check-in. I come into church on Sunday. I walk into his presence. I walk out. I check out. Listen, listen, listen. You know, we need to be mindful his presence surrounds us at all times. Even when you worship, not being on the word, not, not knowing that you're not part of the worship team, but you worship in the bathroom and you're singing at the top of your voice, I want you to know that God's presence is with you over there as well. God's presence never leaves you. At times, we allow ourselves to believe that God's not with me. God's not with me. No, no, no. His word says, I am with you always. Even unto the end, I am with you. His presence is constantly around us, even in the worst situation. His presence is always around you. Rely on God's presence. The Bible says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's with you always. Turn, them, turn back to them and say, you better believe it. 
You better believe it. The third thing is rely on God's protection. Rely on God's protection. You know, we need to understand that God's protection is over each and every one of us. We are under the shadow of, the, we are under the shadow of his wings. You know, a person was walking close to the edge of a cliff, and then suddenly he slipped and he fell, and he held onto a branch. And when he looked down, man, it was like literally 1,000, 2,000 feet below. And if he had to leave that branch, he was going straight down. And then he said, somebody please help me. Somebody please help me, I need help. Screaming at the top of his voice. And then a voice came back saying, I'm here. I'm here, I'm gonna help you. I'm here, and he's like, where are you? I can't see you. He's like, I'm God. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere, I'm here to help you. He's like, God, please help me. I'm not gonna sin as much as I used to sin before. I'm gonna come to church, I'm gonna pay my tithes. And God was like, listen, listen, hold on to that. Let me get you out from there first, and then we'll have a conversation and we'll discuss this. He's like, yes, God, what do I need to do? God said, just leave the branch. He's like, God, if I leave the branch, I'm going to fall. He's like, just leave the branch and trust me. And there was a couple of seconds of long silence. And then he screamed again, help, help. Is there anyone else there? Is there anyone else there? And that's exactly how we are. God's protection is there. But we are not willing to let go. I want you to no matter, you might be in the pit today. But there's no pit deeper than God who is deeper still. You might be, your problem may seem like you are in the pit. I want you to know, as much as you rely on God's protection, God is not only able to bring you out from where you are and place you on higher ground, God is more than able to not only protect you every step of your life, God is more than able to get you from where you are to where you need to be in order for you to experience breakthrough, joy, peace, faith, and victory for life. You know, David reminds us that God has a rod and a staff to protect us. The rod and the staff are two basic tools for the shepherd, very important tools for the shepherd. The rod, is basically two, the rod is basically two feet long, and it literally has a knot at the end. You know, shepherds train to use the rod like a, like a missile, you know, at anything that would endanger the sheep. Shepherds use the rod to protect their flock. The staff is a long stick with a crock at the end of it. The staff is used to draw sheep out of a ditch or pull them closer to the shepherd's side. But the truth is, the shepherd is always there to protect his sheep. The shepherd is always there to protect his sheep. God has promised us his protection. In John chapter 10, it says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one, say no one, is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. No one. You know, in bringing this message to a close, I want to share three thoughts about shadows. First is shadows are always bigger than reality. Fear is always greater than the problems you face. Shadows are always bigger than reality. 
The second is shadows cannot hurt you. Have you ever been run over by a shadow? Have you ever been run over by the shadow of a truck? Huh? You know, sometimes we're so foolish, we think the shadow of the truck is coming, is coming close to us and we get so afraid that we actually go on the road thinking that we're going to be safe when the truck actually goes over us. Shadows cannot hurt you. There's a big difference between a truck and a shadow. Shadows cannot hurt you. They can only scare you. They can only scare you. Shadows only appear when there's a light source. Shadows only appear when there's a light source. You may be in a dark valley right now, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. The Bible says that God is light, and in him there is no darkness. Trust him, believe him, because I want us all to say this out loud. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I want you to know, that there's no reason for you to stop believing what God is going to continue to do in your life. There's no reason to stop. Like that video I played at the very beginning, all that we need to say is, God, do it again. Do it again. Today you may be in a place where you're struggling, but bring back the memory of what God has done and say, God, do it again. And when fear comes to speak to you, when fear comes to speak to you, remember where you come from. Remember who you belong to. Remember who you are. And remember who is with you. Remember who is with you. If you are in a place today and you're saying, God, I want you to do it again. I want you to stand. Don't look at the left or to the right. This is a family. If you are literally saying, God, I you, I've seen you do it in the past. And God, I say today, I will. Even though I walk through the shadow, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. And you are going to do it again. Stand. And I just want everyone else sitting down to stretch your hands out to these people. Stretch your hands out to these people. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I thank you that you are a God who is faithful and you will remain faithful till the very end. And even as all these people, all, all your people, your children are standing up, believing for a breakthrough, I pray in the name of Jesus that you are going to do it again. Whether it's a sickness issue, a financial issue, a business issue, a job issue, a promotion, whatever it is, I declare in the name of Jesus right now, even if there needs to be a change that needs to take place, I declare in the name of Jesus right now that you are the God who's going to do it again. You're going to do it again for them, for each one of them, because that is who you are.
That is who you are. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God who cares. The God who loves. The God who never fails. And the God, will the God who will accomplish everything that concerns every person standing over here right now. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Amen.